tractor. When you're climbing into the cab of a John Deere 8235 tractor, you really have to climb. Did that close? No. Try it again? All right. But once you're up here, you can see for a long way. That's the canyon over there, right? Snake River Canyon is just three or four miles from here, yeah. Clinton Pline is piloting this big green machine. That's P as in Paul, L-I-N-E. I am 56 years old, grew up in the agriculture industry, still in it. Enjoyed my work here very much. It's been very fulfilling. Anyway, uh, we're about to tell my story, I guess. This was last October, and Pline was in the process of harrowing an alfalfa field. Think raking your garden on a huge scale. I'm pulling a 50-foot straw master harrow. That may not mean much to your listeners, but it's uh, just a machine that, that kind of works the ground or works the straw into the ground. But I'm not out here to talk about farming. I came to talk to Pline about dating. Oh yeah, I've had some dates. Uh, last year I met a gal that I dated for several months. Pline has a good time dating, but it's not what he really wants to be doing, and certainly not what he expected to be doing at his age. Well, I expected that I would get married. I think I was naive enough to think that if that was something you wanted to do, that it would just happen. And yeah, I wanted uh, a marriage and some kids. Dating and love and finding a mate, well, they're difficult no matter where you are. But if you live on a farm in Idaho, there are some extra challenges most of us don't have to deal with. I'm Adam Cotterell, and this is Some of the Parts, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. When Clinton Pline graduated from college in 1983, nearly 50,000 people worked on farms in Idaho. Now there's fewer than 40,000. That's a much smaller decline than most states have seen, but it happened during a period when Idaho's ag industry was growing. During the same period Idaho was eliminating more than 10,000 farm jobs, the state was gaining nearly half a million more cows. One of the big reasons why there are fewer people working on farms is obvious as I ride with Pline, mechanization, automation, technology in general. Every year in agriculture, machines do more jobs that used to be done by people. Pline says in the vineyard next to this alfalfa field, machines pick the grapes that used to be picked by hand. Pline controls his irrigation system with a cell phone app. I mean, his own tractor talks to him through different beeps. This tractor is driven by GPS, so that beep in particular tells us that we're to the end of the run and the nap is over and you need to pay attention. <laughs> That's a wake up or you're yeah, going to end up in a, a ditch right there? That's right. And then once I get turned around here and I get the tractor back on the line, you see the lines on the screen here, I'll hit another button and it'll give a series of beeps and that'll tell us if the tractor's connected back to the GPS. So this whole time between turning around on ends, I don't touch the wheel. If this were my job, I'd probably spend my day pretending I was flying an X-Wing and my R2 unit was talking to me. What's that, R2? Incoming TIE fighters? Pline listens to conservative talk radio. To each his own. So there's fewer people working on farms in Idaho, and just fewer people living out in the countryside. The state's rural population hasn't actually changed all that much in terms of actual numbers during Pline's adult dating life. But since he finished college, Idaho's total population increased by more than 700,000 people.
Today, fewer than a third of Idahoans live in rural areas, but in the early 80s, it was still almost half. Where Pline lives, kind of southeast of Nampa, is kind of on the border between rural and urban. Okay, let's go back to 1983. Young Clinton Pline wants to get married, but he's not in a hurry. He doesn't want to get married too young. He thinks he should at least be into his mid-20s. So he says maybe he let some opportunities pass in college. After college, I came back to work on our family farm. I really focused a lot on my work. You know, I was putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week, sometimes more. And I just, for a long time, felt like, well, I still have this window out in front of me that's... There, there's time still for finding somebody. And just uh, time went by and never met anybody. Busyness is one of the biggest challenges for dating on an Idaho farm. A single dairy farmer in his 30s I spoke with says this winter was so rough with things like snow and freezing water troughs, he went months without being able to do anything social, even meeting friends for beers. Isolation can be another challenge. That dairy farmer, whose name is Tom DeGroat, lives fairly close to Nampa, like Pline, but DeGroat says it's way different from living and working in town. I think the biggest issue is the amount of actual women I see on a daily basis. You know, just this industry is, to a certain degree, male-dominated, so everybody that works for us is male, and uh, most of the places I go, like, uh, say, the John Deere dealership or the Case dealership, is you know, guys. It's not like an office setting where there's several other businesses in a large office building where you're going to come in contact with women all the time. DeGroat says he often goes days without seeing a woman outside his immediate family. Through the 80s, Clinton Pline dated when he could. He went on a singles cruise with some friends in his early 30s that he says was a lot of fun. But eventually, he started to feel some pressure. I seem to remember when I was 36, I started thinking, you know, if you want to have kids, you better get started. So I started getting more aggressive about it, and uh, it didn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you mean so, you get uh, aggressive about it? Well, I started more of an asserted effort of trying to find someone to establish a relationship with. Klein went on a full court press to get married. That lasted for about a decade, until he decided his chance to be a father had passed. There's times it bothers me that I didn't have kids, knowing that I wanted some. Because I mean, early on, I thought I wanted four or five kids. If I have kids now, I'll be 76 when they graduate from high school, or about that. I don't want to be that old going around at basketball games. <laughs> Plein says most of the women he dates have grandkids, and he would be delighted to be a step-grandpa. He still wants to get married, but he doesn't feel the kind of urgency he felt in his late 30s and early 40s. Dairyman Tom DeGroat is 37, about the age Plein was when he decided he needed to get married stat if he was going to have kids. DeGroat also wants to get married and have a family, and he's felt that sense of pressure as well. About three, four years ago, you know, I, I thought the uh, time was chipping away and, 
the sand's draining through the hourglass and uh, there's not much left on top. But my older brother, who manages the dairy, he just got married this past summer. So, you know, put a little bit of hope back into it for me. <laughs> DeGroat's new sister-in-law lives on the family farm south of Nampa, but she's no farmer. She's a nurse at a hospital. I practically begged DeGroat to ask his sister-in-law to talk to me. He says he asked, but she wasn't interested. And a central Idaho sheep rancher I spoke with, who met a woman online and convinced her to move to Idaho and marry him, could not convince her to talk to me about why she moved to Idaho and married a sheep rancher. So I can't introduce you to a happy couple. And you won't hear a woman's voice in this entire story. I know that leaves it incomplete. I'm sorry. I tried. So DeGroat and Pline are in the dating scene. I asked a bunch of people who know a lot more about rural dating than I do how that scene works. Here's the consensus. It is really, really common in rural Idaho for people to marry their high school sweethearts. I grew up in the teeming metropolis of Boise, and I can think of maybe two friends who married someone they dated in high school. If you're an Idaho farmer and you don't marry your high school sweetheart, your best chance is to meet someone in college. If that doesn't happen, everyone agreed things get difficult. Mormons have an edge, someone from a Twin Falls area farm family told me. They have an extensive network for single adults with regional singles activities to help people meet each other. For non-Mormons, there's the bar scene or chance meetings. Plyon says he's had some success chatting up women he's met at the bank or the store in Nampa. He says there used to be things like community dances for single farmers, but by the time he was an adult, they disappeared. DeGroat relies almost entirely on his friends to set him up. They know what I'm after. You know, you have friends that uh, they suggest a movie to you. And, you know, there's some friends that like, okay, this person thinks like me. And if he thought it was a funny movie, then, uh, you know, I'll get it. DeGroat says that's how his older brother met his wife. She was new in town and the only person she knew went to church with the DeGroats. But my informal survey respondents say that the top dating option for Idaho farmers is the Internet. Pliant started doing online dating about 10 years ago. I didn't have any anxiety about it or anything. I just saw it as another platform or another forum to use to meet people. I think the first one I tried was eHarmony.com. It was pretty extensive in the questions that it asked of me. In fact, that took three or four settings to go through that and just fill out all of their questions. Uh, that one wasn't all that productive, though. I don't. That's been long enough ago I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I don't, re don't recall getting any dates on that particular one. He's tried some dating sites for seniors, like OurTime.com. Now, I did try It's Just Lunch. They're a matchmaking service. They lined me up with... Uh, half a dozen different dates and I was kind of disappointed in their service but I mean the women I met were quality gals but I think they had a hard time matching me up with somebody. In general Pline says online dating is a lot more work than people think who haven't tried it. You can't just get on the site put your profile up and expect stuff to happen. You need to read their profiles and see if there's somebody you think you're interested in and try to establish a conversation with them. 
if you're passive about it, nothing's going to happen. I think it's no different than the dating scene when there wasn't the internet. If you want to meet people, you just have to get out and meet them. If you're like me and you have zero experience with online dating, here's how it works. Plan says you look at a dating site, read people's profiles, and when you find someone with common interests, you write them a note. For example, he likes to travel. Let's say someone, someone has put up a profile and they said they've traveled to such and such a place. And I would write back and say, yeah, I went there also, and about when and what I saw, and did you see this uh, same thing I did, something like that. You know, it's not nuclear science right. to figure that out. And then, you know, there's times that there'll be somebody that I think I'm interested in and leave a note and don't get any response. And how is that any different than if you um, meet somebody to dance and you talk to them and they give you the cold shoulder? <laughs> if he gets a date, he'll usually start with a meal in a restaurant. He says he knows tons of great day trips in and around the Treasure Valley if he connects with an outdoorsy woman. I like working in my wood shop, so I mentioned that. Uh, I make some pretty nice stuff, so people are always interested in, uh, you show them something and they want, well, how did you make that? Well, uh, let me show you. That's a, that's a good move. I think that'd work. Yeah. Yeah. Derryman DeGroat tried online dating several years ago, but didn't like it. It's hard to get to know somebody by just typing them a, a message and them typing it back and can't really tell too much of a person's personality that way. And a lot of it's just based purely on, you know, what people put up for pictures on it. I've never had any uh, really decent pictures to put up. One thing I don't do is take pictures of myself all the time. You're not out, like, doing selfies uh, with the cows No, it's uh, I've done a couple of those. Now, there's an elephant in the room when talking about farmers and online dating. Or maybe since it's agriculture, an Angus bull. No, a tractor in the room. Scratch that. Let's just stick with an elephant in the room. Maybe you've seen the TV commercials. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com City folks just don't get it. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com This is Jerry Miller. And I am the founder of FarmersOnly.com, which is online dating for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folk. Miller says in the early 2000s, he was working in marketing for agriculture products. Yep, ag companies have marketing departments just like everybody else. He was talking to a recently divorced farmer he knew. She confided in me and said, uh, you know, Jerry, I'm really afraid I'm never going to meet anybody new. And I said, what are you talking about? You're a great person. You'll meet somebody easily. And she said, you know, I'm living in a rural area. There's not that many people around. I already know everybody, and I don't feel like I'm compatible with anyone. And uh, she said, I really don't have much time to socialize because I'm always, you know, working on the farm seven days a week. So he started asking single farmers he met about dating, and they all said it was really hard to meet anyone for the same reasons as the first woman. I kept on hearing the story over and over again. I said, well, maybe there's a need for a way for people in agriculture, you know, maybe an online dating site. And so I did a lot of more research and uh, decided I'm going to do it. And everybody thought I was crazy. Miller launched the site in 2005. 
and he says last year it reached the 5 million user mark. He says anecdotally, it's been really successful at matching people up, though he says he has no idea how many people have gotten dates or started relationships through his site. And he says any dating site that claims to have numbers on those things is making them up. Miller says FarmersOnly.com is not actually only for farmers. It started that way, but quickly became more like anyone who wants to live in a small town or in the country. Probably a good thing he went with Farmers Only. People who want to live in a small town or in the country only.com is not nearly as catchy. And online, catchiness is way more important than precision. Clinton Pline has looked at Farmers Only, but hasn't signed up. He says the women in his age group in the Treasure Valley on Farmers Only are the same women he's seen on other dating sites. I don't know that there's anything that Farmers Only people can do that would really uh, persuade me, per se, to join up with them. Even though Idaho is pretty rural, the Treasure Valley is pretty well populated. So there's a lot to choose from here for me. Now, if I was in Elko, Nevada, or maybe about Cambridge or something like that, where the pickings were slimmer, the farmer's only thing, I would probably jump on that bandwagon. Because that's where the ag life is truly rural, and you're going to put that person in, in that kind of environment. They're going to need to have a good understanding of what they're getting into. Another possible temptation for Pline to join Farmers Only would be if he finally abandons his distance criteria. In the past, he's only dated women who live within about 30 miles of him. What I consider a reasonable driving distance. The distance criteria, and I'll use that term criteria loosely, but uh, I probably should have dropped that idea some time ago and just uh, accepted the fact that maybe you need to travel a little bit more to see somebody. Sure, about a third of the population of Idaho lives within 30 miles of Pline, but he's starting to think he ought to look a little further afield. You know, there's a, a lot of times I ask myself, well, how did you get this far down the road and not manage to find a mate? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, what do you answer yourself? What, do, what you answer? do I answer myself? Well, I, I, that, that's a question I don't have an answer to. I, I guess there's reasons. I don't, don't know which one would be the answer. I mean, there was, looking back, there were some opportunities that I probably missed that uh, at the time I didn't see them. You know, I was probably at times too picky. I don't know. It's, it's a mystery to me, too. So, you know, I, well, I had somebody ask me the other day and says, well, how come you're not married? And it was somebody I knew was divorced. And I says, well, for the same reason you're divorced. And they go, how's that? And I said, well, that's just the way it turned out, didn't it? <laughs> I can't help but think that it's, it must have a lot to do with your career, that you know, every year there are fewer and fewer people who are willing to, to live this lifestyle. I mean, it well, seems to be so few people to choose from these days. I have to disagree with you. I think there's more opportunity in our area here because there's so many more people living here now. You can take somebody out to a farm and almost all of them you can easily entertain. If I could have you out here every couple of weeks and show you the whole process of the alfalfa seed, and 
and show you how the bees work in it and what the harvest is like and all kinds of different things. Plan says when he was young, he would have only considered marrying a woman with an ag background. But now, well, that's a preference. It's not a requirement. He thinks a city girl could do all right at his place. Getting to and from town is, is much easier. You have the internet now that you're connected with the rest of society. You know, agriculture or an ag life is not nearly as isolated as it once was. I mean, I can be in Nampa in five minutes, so, you know, it's not like a long ways away. And be in Boise in 20 minutes, so. Plein says he's never dated a woman who rejected him because he was a farmer. But Tom DeGroote has. He says he's met a couple of otherwise compatible women for whom farmer was a deal breaker. That could be a generational thing. Population data for the last decade and projections for the next show people in older demographics staying in rural Idaho, but not those in younger groups. So I guess my whole premise here is that a big reason it's hard for Idaho farmers to date is that there are just too few people who want to live an agricultural or rural life. Jerry Miller from FarmersOnly.com disagrees with that. There's still a lot of people that are trying to hang on to their small farms and ranches. Those people that are not currently working on a farm or ranch, maybe they were 10 years ago, but they still miss it. And then there's also a lot of people that they have farming or agriculture in their roots of their family tree. They, maybe they grew up on a farm or a ranch and maybe urban sprawl took over the farm and it's gone and maybe they moved to a major city for employment but they still miss that lifestyle so to miller and to pline it's not the numbers despite declining rural populations and even bigger declines in people directly engaged in agriculture they think there are plenty of people who would love to live on a farm a little outside nampa idaho and the success of the entire country pop music genre would seem to back that up. The problem then, I guess, is just putting the right people together. So come on, ladies, Clinton Pline is a catch. I've hung out with him a couple of times now. He's quiet in a stereotypical farmer way, but give him half a chance and he's a great conversationalist. He's got a great sense of humor, he's tall and lean, not bad-looking. Am I pimping for a 56-year-old farmer? What has podcasting done to me? Whatever happened to my journalistic objectivity? Okay, back in the tractor. I can't help but wonder how Pline would handle it if he did get married now, after living alone for more than 30 years. I take it for granted the fact that I could come and go as I please, and the only person I have to answer to is Walter, my cat. And half the time, he doesn't care. So I, I wonder, you know, what would it be like if I was married and I had to have somebody to check in with her for once in a while, right? But, uh, you know, the desire for companionship is still greater than any uh, negative that that question may present. So I just keep looking. I sometimes wonder why. You know, I could just as easily give up, I guess, but I don't think I'd feel right about myself. I'm mostly optimistic, but I would say it's a 50-50 deal. I mean, I still shake my head and wonder how in the world did I get this far along without finding somebody. 
you know, I sometimes think, well, if I just quit trying, maybe it would happen, but <laughs> I don't know, I just, just keep looking for opportunities. Some of the Parts is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Adam Cotterell. I write it and produce it. Paul Stribling is Boise State Public Radio's programming director, and he oversees this project. Lacey Daly is our digital content coordinator, and makes sure you can get new episodes every week. Frankie Barnhill edited this episode and was the music designer for it. Our theme song is by Up Is The Down Is The, logo designed by Julia Green Illustration. Special thanks to Craig Shaw from the Idaho Department of Labor for tracking down some numbers, and to Garth Taylor from the University of Idaho and Vince Matthews from the National Agricultural Statistics Service. Frankie Barnhill used all Boise musicians in this episode, so in addition to Up Is The Down Is The, you heard Thick Business, Jeremy Stewart, Edmund Dantes, and the voices you're hearing now are Hill Folk Noir. No blood on my hands, no God on my mind, I was standing where I stand all the time. It was the night, where I was sent to the farm. It was the night, where I was sent to the farm. You know, when I first told Clinton Pline I was doing a podcast, I was feeling a bit cocky, and I said it would go to number one on iTunes within a week. You can't just get on the site, put your profile up, and expect stuff to happen. Next time on Some of the Parts, if you move to Idaho from another state, can you ever truly become an Idahoan? And how do born and raised Idahoans see newcomers? They're another, but they're, they're, they're equal but different. <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I that's, think that's pretty bad. <laughs> that episode available starting May 4th on Some of the Parts.